Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. All right, I want to talk a little bit about being real. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to participate of the retreat that we had here. We had a retreat, which we do every two months, and I still wasn't sure about what God wanted to say tonight, and I'm like, God, what do you want me to share? I had a few things prepared, a few ideas, and after I got a chance to minister to the men, it was so clear to me. God just is leading me in a direction to do something that I've never done, and today's going to be different. Sometimes we come to church and we receive an encouraging message, right, a message of faith, but today's going to be different. And what led me to be able to do something a little different than we're used to is what happened in this retreat. I mean, I got a chance to minister to the men. I had a session that was just for men only. And then after I got done with them, I went over to the women and I was able to share them an encouraging word as well. I I love going to retreats because when you go to a retreat, the people that are there want to be there. If they're there, they went through hell and beyond to be in that place. And most of the time, you see people that are broken, but people that are open to allow God to come into their life and to change what needs to be changed and for God to help them. As I was ministering to the men, I just saw this genuine honesty in their lives where they were able to open up their hearts and be able to say, you know, hey, maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe I need God's direction in my life. And and I think that's the whole purpose of the retreat, right? It's just coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and just with an open mind, you know, just forgetting about your phone, forgetting about everything else, work and whatnot, and just connecting with God. Because God still cares, and God still speaks, and God has hope. Today, I want to be real with you guys, and I expect you guys to be real with me. Yeah? You guys down? So yesterday, like I was saying, it was beautiful just to talk to these men and see such honesty in their hearts and see them come and admit, well, I've been living a lie all my life. I come to church and I can't stand my wife. I come to church and, and I'm hooked on pornography. I come to church, I lie to make more money. And I've never told anyone, but I just, I just can't keep this in my heart. I just got to let it go and please pray for me. And God, I, I need your help. And as I was driving back home, after I finished ministering, I started thinking about JTP Church. You know, Carly and I and a group of beautiful volunteers, we started this back in March. And we just believed God for great things. And we started, you know, having meetings even before March, before day one. And we started believing God that God had a purpose for this, that there's a lot of people, even though we're in Hialeah, which is predominantly Spanish-speaking, there was a big generation and a lot of people that don't relate to the Spanish language, and we wanted to do something in English here. And we believe that God was the one who put that burden in our hearts. And I started thinking about the wonderful people that come here faithfully Sunday after Sunday, some not so faithfully. We're praying for you. We believe that God is at work. How you guys come to seek and to be able to have an open heart to God. And, and I thought of how many of you maybe come to church every weekend and maybe not deal with the real issues that you're going through in your life. I saw such honesty in these people yesterday and how they were able to open up and just bear it all and say, God, I need your help with this that I'm struggling with. And sometimes that's what God needs to be able to show himself powerful in your life. 
Sometimes we come here, we sing some songs, and we sing them with all our hearts. We throw a few bucks in the buckets. We hear a good sermon, and then we go home. And in the meantime, there's a huge major issue in our lives that we neglect and that we hide behind masks. And we make other people think that everything's all right, and we know for ourselves that it's not going well. And if we don't get real about what's really happening to us, then, I mean, what, what do we come to church for, right? Let's just, let's, get, let's just pack up and go home. But if we really come here and we come to church, it's because we want to allow God to be able to help us with the true issues and the big issues that are going on in our lives. What's the point of doing a few religious things in church if we keep hiding the true issues that we're struggling with? I had an idea, and I sent Jesus out. Let me see where I put this. <laughs> I sent Jesus out today on a mission, and I told him, I want you to find me cow manure, right? Cow poop, for those that don't understand. And he got me some. Don't worry. This is um, it's treated cow manure, but I, I want to make sure that you guys see it is cow manure. You guys see it from right there? I mean, I want to spill it all over the stage, you know? <laughs> I wanted the real thing, but, you know, this is the best I can do with the little time that I had. Thanks, Jesus, for finding it for me. We come to church. Sometimes this is what we do. And make pretend this is your living room, and you just have a big pile of cow dung right here, all right? Cow poop. And then you come to church. You know, that's, that's a big issue in your life. That's what you're dealing with. But you come to church, and you're just, like, dusting off the, you know, the little things, the issues that are superficial, you know, and you're just, uh, just sweeping the floor. And all together, in the middle of your living room, you have that. Would you allow guests to come into your living room and, and you're worried about, oh, my God, I got to make sure that there's no dust on my little, you know, my, my sofa, that my couch is fine, you know, my TV doesn't have any dust on top of it. And all the while, you have a huge pile of cow dung in the middle. Would you receive guests like that? And sometimes we don't realize it, but that's exactly what we do when we come to church. We act like everything's good. We sing the praises. We put on a good, big smile. And when you know God and you've been coming to church for so long, it's something that it could become such a routine. And you don't, you don't deal with the issues that are really affecting your life and what, what you really need to deal with. How many say amen? amen. If you can't say amen, at least say Ouch. <laughs> Jesus, you mind taking this? Thanks, boy. If somebody wants to get a whiff, they could. <laughs> so I believe that God is leading us on a path. You know, we're starting 2017. We're starting a fresh new year. We're still in the first month. And I believe one of the first things that God wants us to do is to be real with ourselves, to not fool ourselves. I'm like, what, what do I come to church for if I'm just going to hide the things, the issues that are really affecting my life and, and not bear them to God. And God is leading us on a path to be real with Him, and not only with Him, with each other, to admit our faults, confess our sins, because if we don't start there, then we're just wasting our time having church. And I want you to go in your Bibles. We're going to read a little bit. I want you to first go to Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, and I want you to see for yourself what God says about sin. I'm not, I'm not standing up here 
trying to show myself like I'm, I'm sinless. I, I need God every single day. If, if I don't see God every single day, I'm prone to make the same mistakes as you are. But the Bible says this, he who covers his sins will not prosper. I don't care how long you've been coming to church. I don't care if you were born in this church or if this is the first time you ever come or if, it's, if you've been coming for 10 years. The Bible says that if you cover your sin, if you mask your sin, you will not prosper. How many of you guys want to prosper in life? Come on. Everybody does. But if you cover your sin, you will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. God wants us to be real people. God doesn't want you to act like if you got it all together and you know <laughs> that you don't got it all together. But you know, you got a rep to protect. You got to show that you got it all together. And who are you fooling? God knows you. And if we continue living like that, we can't prosper. So God wants us to be people that are real and that we could just bear all. If we make a mistake, hey, there's greatness in being able to come to God and say, God, I made a mistake. To go to your leader and say, you know what, I'm struggling with this. Sometimes in church as leaders, we have people come to us when they're already messed up. And, you know, when you're being tempted, that's the time. Everybody gets tempted. There's nothing wrong with getting tempted if, if we would have people come to the pastors, to the apostles, to the cell leaders, HOBs, and say, you know what, help me. I need your prayers over my life because I'm struggling with this. I really need you to help me because I've been tempted in this. I got this situation at work. I got this situation. I'm struggling with, you know, where I came from, and I'm, something's like calling me back, and I'm in a struggle. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we just mask it, and we cover our sin. And obviously, that always ends up wrong. It says that we won't prosper. Look what 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says. The Word of God says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a big if right there. That's how, that's how the verse starts. It's a conditional statement. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful. Tell the person next to you, if you confess, he is faithful. He is merciful enough to forgive all our sins. I love reading a little bit about King David. The Bible says that this man had a heart according to God's heart. Man, could you imagine God saying that about a human being? I mean, God is God. And we're, I mean, come on, compared to God, but this guy had a heart according to God's heart. Wow, full of love. This man, he was the king of Israel, the second king of Israel. He was Israel's political leader. He was Israel's spiritual leader. But he fell to adultery. He was walking down his palace. He had his wife, and he, he looked down, and he checked out a lady that was taking a shower. I guess they had those uh, outdoor showers back then, and they had no roof. And since he was standing off his balcony, he said, whoa, what do I see here? And he's, he called her up. He slept with her, got her pregnant. And what's worse, he started covering the sin. He didn't confess it. He started getting deeper. Now the lady's husband was out at war. So he called her husband, and he wanted the husband to sleep with his wife to cover up that it was his baby. But the guy said, no, everybody's out there fighting, and I'm going to be here with my wife. No, no. And, and he tried to get him drunk, and this whole ordeal 
to make the long story short, he had her husband killed. Hey, the man according to God's heart, the guy who loved God with all his heart, spiritual leader of Israel, king of Israel, political leader of Israel, and now he commits adultery. Now he has her, the lady's husband killed, and then he takes her for his wife. Is that pretty messed up or what? If you're in a church where your pastor did that, what would you do? Think I'm, and this guy is the king. I mean, crazy. What this guy did was crazy. He continues doing his priestly duties as if nothing happened. That's, that's even crazier. After all this happened, he just covers up, sweeps it under the rug. He continues presiding as king. He does his priestly duties. He does his political duties and whatnot until finally a prophet of God confronts him. And when he confronts him, he starts saying, no, that wasn't me. He starts to covering up until he finally admits and he deals with the issue. He finally deals with the issue, with his sin. If you look at Psalms 51, Psalms 51 is David writing everything he felt when he was confronted. If I get a chance, if you give me a chance to be able to summarize Psalms chapter 51 in 10 seconds, I would summarize it this way. David admits his sin. David asks for forgiveness. And David walks away rejoicing. David admits his sin. David asks for forgiveness. And David walks away rejoicing. To be honest with you, that's what I ask God to do tonight among us. Whether this is your first time, your tenth time coming here, or whether you were born in this church. No counseling, no psychology, nothing else. Just to come up here and just bear it all and say, God, this is what I've done. This is what I'm struggling with. I don't want to cover it up anymore. I just want to bear it all because I know that I can never be the person that you've called me to be as long as I have all of these unconfessed sins, because we just finished reading it. If we don't confess our sins, if we cover them up, we shall never prosper. But if we confess them, we'll reach mercy, righteousness. God will forgive us. Sometimes it seems easy to say, well, just like that. I mean, David, after all he did, all he did is ask for forgiveness and turn away from his sin, and then he left rejoicing like if nothing happened. It, it's that easy, and and yeah, it seems easy and so simple, but it's not because we are so used to lying. We are, we are, we're so used to lying. When we talk to people, we make ourselves sound better than we are. We want to show our best facets. We don't bear the dirty and the ugly. We try to make our sin not really sin. We blame it on someone else and we hide things. Then we start doing the same thing with God. We go in our prayer and we try to even justify our sin, which is crazy to God. I mean, God even knows the intentions of our hearts. We come before God and say, God, you know, I sinned, but man, it was just that, you know, that guy, that guy, I mean, he's, he makes anyone sin. And we start to cover up all our stuff and, you know, and God must be sitting on his throne saying, man, if, if you would just come to me and just say, I messed up and just own it and confess your sins, we could move on. But because you cover it, you mask it, and you keep it inside, somebody just right now, as I was getting ready to preach, came up to me and said, man, I need God. That's all God needs for you to bear it all. 
And then we could prosper and we could move on. And sometimes we're stuck in our sins, showing a pretty little face and a pretty little life. Smile, but inside we're dealing with so many things. And that's why we can't rejoice, because we don't believe that God will forgive us. We even think that God will never forgive that abortion that I committed. God will never forgive me because I promised him that I would never go back to that. And I went back and I felt back and I didn't keep my word. And, and we think that that's it. It's over. And we don't even bother to go to God anymore. How many of you know that God is a God of second opportunities, of third opportunities, a God that never gives up on us? So we think rejoice. I mean, I, I don't feel right. I don't think God has forgiven or, or can forgive me. I mean, that's it. Just confess it all. Ask for strength to never fall again and just turn around and rejoice. I mean, is David crazy? But yeah, that's what the Bible says. Some of you guys come here and all the while, because you have certain issues that you haven't confessed to God, you come here and you feel convicted because the Holy Spirit still speaks and tugs at your heart. But you're not at peace when you're here because you're struggling and you're living a double life. And you're living a life of sin. And you come here and, and you hear and you hear the word. And you're like, you can't be free when you're out there because you know that you're not doing the right thing. But then you come here and you can't feel peace here in the house of God because God's talking at your heart and saying, turn over that sin to me. I got a better life for you. I could do greater things through you. And I have everything that you could ever want in me. I want you to turn to Psalms chapter 51. Let's see what David wrote. We're going to read a few verses. I don't want to be long today. But like I said, today's going to be a little bit different. And I pray for wisdom from God to see what God wants to do today. Look what it says here in verse 1. This is David writing. Right when Nathan, which was the prophet, came to him and through a parable, says, you're the man. You have done this. You have failed God. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. One of the things that popped out when I read this is David is saying, please forgive me because I know my sin. He wasn't blaming anybody else. He wasn't saying, oh, this guy caused me, to, the devil made me do it. You guys heard that phrase? He wasn't pointing any fingers. He says, I know my sin. Here it is. Bear it all. I know what I've done wrong. And I'm not here to hide it. I've hid it for so long. You think during that whole time that David was hiding the sin, you think he was able to enjoy his life? That was always because he had a heart for God. He was a man from God. And to be living a double life, man, that's like a struggle within this guy couldn't even sleep at night because he wanted to please God, but sin didn't allow him. He had unconfessed sins, and now, finally, after he's confronted, he starts telling God, look, forgive me because I know my sin. I know what I have done wrong. And he says at the end of verse number three, it's always before me. You see, when, when you're living a godly life and you sin, the best thing you could do is go and confess your sins. Go before God and say, God, look, I failed you. Go to your leader and tell him, you know what, pray for me, man. I just finished, or I'm struggling with this situation, and I don't want to fail God, but help me pray that God strengthens me. Otherwise, the same thing that happened to David will happen to you. He said, 
my sin is always before me. It's always there. It's always there. You want to worship God? There comes the devil and he says, oh, remember what you did? Uh -huh. You're going to worship God now? Act all holy? Yeah, right. You're a little devil. And you come and you want to serve God and there's always the accuser accusing you, telling you, you can't, you can't. And that's what David's saying. My sin is always before me. There are so many things that are hidden in this room that nobody knows, but that God knows. And you know about them. They're always there in your face. I want you guys to close your eyes really quick. Just want to throw you a few questions that I want you to think about. I want you guys to answer these questions in your mind, or at least entertain them. And this evening, what are you lying about? What are you lying about this evening? Think about that for a second. What are you showing yourself to be that you're not? Or what are the things that you're covering up and thus lying about? What are the things you know about and God knows about and possibly no one else in the world knows about? And question number three, have you really confessed it to God in its rawest form? Just laying it out there and say, God, here it is. No excuses. No pointing fingers. No justifying myself. Here it is, God. I, I did this. I fell to this. But just like David did, that we could today say, Lord, have mercy upon me. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Get open your eyes. Sometimes we don't enjoy forgiveness because we go about it wrong. We treat God like if he was another human being. Like if he's anybody else that you speak to. We want him to forgive us, but we appeal to him based on our goodness. Pay attention to this. This is important. We say, for example, God, you know I've been trying hard. And I blew it just this one time, so you should forgive me. I messed up, but I do all these good things, so you should forgive me. See, we want him to forgive us based on our goodness. Or we mess up and we don't go to God right away. Instead, we try to do all these good things and we say, man, I, I just sinned. I don't feel good to pray and to go to God because I feel dirty. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go a period of two weeks where I'm going to serve in the church and I'm going to fast and I'm going to do all these good things because by doing all these good things, then I could, at the end of those two weeks, go to God and he'll accept me. Because, hey, I sinned, but I did all these good things during two weeks, so now I can go before God. We don't even realize it that we do these things, but we try to go and we try to present ourselves before God based on our own goodness. And what does the Bible say about our own goodness? Ain't nobody good. There's nobody good. Jesus said, hey, don't call me good. How many know that Jesus is good? Right? We sing about it. But Jesus himself said, hey, I, not even I am good. My Father in heaven is good. If Jesus didn't consider himself good, trust me, you're not good. None of us are good. We can't go to God based on our own goodness. We do that with our parents. How many of you guys have messed up and you kept it from your parents? And then once you're married or five years pass, you say, oh, you know what happened back in the days? And you start telling them all your dirty little secrets, right? What are they going to do? They're going to punish you now that you're an adult? 
And we go to God and we think we could do the same thing. You let time pass because you feel you need to prove yourself somehow. But you're appealing to God for forgiveness based upon your own good works, which is a huge mistake. Sometimes we read the word so fast that we don't realize what's going on here in chapter 51 of Psalms with a man that just sinned and covered up the sin and didn't say anything. And God knows. Maybe David would have taken this sin to the grave if Nathan wouldn't have approached him. And God spoke to this prophet and said, look, talk to my son, talk to the king, because he's done this and this and this and this. And he went and he confronted him. What David does is say, pay attention, have mercy on me, God, according to your loving kindness. Not according to my good works. Not saying, God, I haven't done anything since then. I've been good for a year. You should forgive me because it was just a fallback, you know. And sometimes we think that time will forgive sins. And we have so many unconfessed sins throughout the years. And we think that because we're serving God in JTP Church or because we're doing this and we're praying our instruments and we're, that we could prosper and, and, and David's life must have been miserable all this time. I don't know how long it transpired from the time that he started committing this adultery until the time that he was discovered and, and he was confronted by the prophet. But now, finally, he does what he should have done a long time ago. What maybe some of us should have done also a long time ago. And he says, God, have mercy on me according to your loving kindness, according to your unfailing love. You loved me. Didn't God love us when we were sinners? I mean, were you all goody two-shoes when he died on the cross for us? No, he died for the sins of humanity. He knew that we were sinners. He didn't die for a group of good people. He died for a group of people that had turned their backs on him, and he carried all the sins of the world. So he loved you even when you were a sinner. Why are you trying to hide something that God already knows? Just bear it all and go to him, and you will receive mercy not based on your good works, because we're not good, but based on his loving kindness. Can we give an applause to God? I know this is not an encouraging, I know this is not a faith-filled message, but come on. He's amazing. There's nothing that you could do that can make God love you less. There's not a set number of times that you can fail to get God to a point to say, okay, I'm out. See ya. I've, I've done enough for you. I've waited enough for you. No, no, no. He's always there. He's just waiting for us to come clean. And I want to start this year just coming clean. See? Just coming and bearing it all and saying, God, if I got issues, help me because we can't move forward. If God doesn't deal with us, how can we help other people if we can't allow God to help ourselves and cleanse us? Have mercy on me, God, according to your loving kindness, unfailing love. He doesn't say, forgive me because I am so bad. He says, forgive me because you are so loving, because you are so good. Because of what you are, not because of what I am or what I did, because of what you are. According to your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Think about this. Do you believe God loves you more than anything in this planet? Do you truly believe that? Because if you really do, that will change everything. God wants your forgiveness and to restore his relationship with you more than what you wanted. When we fail, and sometimes we feel far from God, and we say, man, I miss the times when I, I was free to worship God. The world out there, Satan, sometimes fools you into thinking that coming to church is you got to give up so much and, and you lose so much freedom, but it's the contrary. 
when you're here and you're living a transparent life to God, man, you can go to sleep at night. You can even be going through adversities, but you know that God has your back because you're walking in righteousness. That is true freedom. That is true freedom. And David, during this whole time, I bet he was torn inside until he finally was approached by this prophet and he finally bared it all. If you ever had anyone work for you, anybody here has ever had employees, a business where you contracted people? Yeah, a few of you. When one of your employees or somebody that you contracted all of a sudden did something wrong, messed up, or, or got there 30 minutes late, and they start giving you excuses, that's the last thing you want to hear. Am I right? It's like, ad admit your fault. Don't give me excuses. Don't say why it happened. Just own it up. If you're a parent and your kid's messed up and they start blaming their brothers and giving excuses or it's just that it was him and, and this and that, and that's not what you want to hear. But when they say, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was all my fault. I don't know what happened to me. It's never going to happen again. I I'm so sorry. And they humble. You're like, mm, cool. We can, we can work from here, right? And God is the same way. As long as we go to God and we just give so many excuses And God just wants you to be real and come clean and be transparent with him and say, God, I'm struggling with this. If you don't help me, I can't overcome it. Because God doesn't expect you to overcome everything in your own strength. You don't have what it takes to be the person that God called you to be. You don't have everything inside of you to live a godly life. You weren't designed to live a godly life without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why God said, and we spent four weeks talking about that. You guys remember, right? The Holy Spirit series that we did? He's the counselor. We come to Jesus and we give him our lives. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. We have God living inside of us. Anything we could need, he has resources. He has strength. But you have to go to the source and draw strength. And you got everything you could ever need. When you're weak, the Bible says that he makes us strong. So in any situation, when you're lacking, you could go to the source and get strength, right? If you're being tempted in your relationships, if you're being tempted in any capacity to go back to what you used to do, that moment, get on your knees and say, God, I don't have the strength, but I know that if I go to you, you have the strength that I need to overcome this. And God will do it. How many say amen? So it's a matter of strengthening yourself and just being open with God and 100% transparent. David doesn't give any excuses like we sometimes give. He, he lays it all down, and he admits his fault. Check out verse 4 and 5. I'm finishing up. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. I want to ask you, is that how you approach God? When you fail, God, I, I haven't sinned against anybody but you. I've sinned against you. I've done evil in your sight. I've messed up. And you could just, you could be found blameless if you want to judge me because you have all the right to. I've messed up. I've messed up. I failed you. So here's what I felt from God to do this evening. I, I want to give you guys a few minutes to just be brutally honest. I can't remember a service that we've ever had like this. And I know we have a few people visiting us for the first time, but we've never done something like this. But I felt led by God for us to take off our masks, bear it all, 
and be real with God, whether you've been coming to church for a long time or whether it's your first time. Let's, let's be real with God. Brutally honest before God. And I've been praying that you can come before God and just lay it all out without excuses, without pointing fingers, without justifying yourself and saying, God, I, I need help in this area. And I failed you in this. But if you give me the strength, based on your loving kindness, based on your tender mercies, God, number one, forgive me. And number two, give me the strength to be a person that will walk according to your ways. And I'll tell you what would happen if you're willing to be this transparent and this real with God today. Just like David did, this night you could just stand up from your seat and as you leave, you can leave free, completely free, rejoicing in God. There's a lot of people here that haven't felt the joy of salvation in their hearts for a long time because of exactly this. You have an accuser always accusing you because he knows what you did wrong, and you've never taken that sin to God. We need to just say to God, this is what I did. This was sinful. It was sick. It was evil. It was a flat-out lie. God, I hate this person. I just do, and it's, it's against you that I sin because you created that person. Or maybe, Lord, forgive me because I have bitterness against this person that hurt me or that did this and that to me. Or, Lord, forgive me, I've been staring on the internet at these women or men that you have created right on the verge of having an affair. Or maybe you already had an affair and you just need to come clean and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me the way I've been treating my children, abusing my kids. Lord, they are your kids. For forgive me. Forgive me. I want to bear it all tonight. When David said, it is against you that I've sinned, you guys remember the passage when Peter, I mean, it was complete revival in the early church, and Ananiah came and lied. You guys remember that? And Peter said, no, 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 you didn't lie to me. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we think that when you come to this room and you probably lie to a leader or you, you lie to a pastor, or, you know, you show, you show this mask. You say, hey, good sermon, and then you're talking back there Say, I didn't feel jack, or you start criticizing or talking behind backs I don't, about the vision or about stuff like that. You think you're doing that to the apostles, to the pastors? It's God that we're going against. When you come and you pretend like nothing bad is going on in your life, you're not lying to your leader. You're not lying to your pastors. You're lying to God. It's against God that you're sinning. It's his son that you hate. It's his daughter that you abuse. So just don't lie about it. Just don't pretty it up. Just come clean because there's forgiveness. Not based on your righteousness, not based on your good works, based on God's loving kindness. We have a loving God. We serve a loving God. As the piano plays in the background, I'm going to ask you guys, just to take a few minutes, I'm going to give you guys five minutes. I want, this is you and God. Then we're going to do something else later on. But I want you guys just to close your eyes, bow your heads. And I know this is weird. You know, we do callings in church. We call people up to the front. But today, just right there where you are, just close your eyes. I want you to bow your heads and, and just speak to God. And I'm going to put some verses up in the screen. 
the three verses that follow the ones that we just read, Psalms 51, 7, 8, and 9. And what I want you to do is just come clean with God. Come clean with God. You don't have to scream it out. But right there, just talk to God. He's there. He's listening to you. And maybe in all the time that you've known the Lord, never had this face-to-face real moment. And this is what was keeping you from seeing the glory of God. This is even maybe was being a hindrance so that as a church also, we could just see the glory of God and just see power manifest and, and just revival breakthrough. Because how can we be real with other people if we're not real with ourselves? So as you confess to God your sin right now, right there where you are, as you confess to God your sin, I want you to say when you're finished these next three verses. And, and I'll give you a few more minutes now. I'll give you like three more minutes and then we'll read these verses all together. 